1: This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not contain or replace your own financial, tax, legal or financial product advice.
0: Hello Australia, welcome to My Millennial Money. I'm Glenn James and for this bonus edition we're talking about cult status and I'm joined by Tim Duggan, the co-founder of Junkie Media. A lot of us have heard of Junkie, the publication, the online website. Welcome Tim, thanks for coming in today Thanks Glenn, good to be here Yeah, it's been fun Now, you've just launched a book It's launched today as, coincidentally, when we're releasing this podcast
1: Yeah And tell us a little bit about the book Yeah, I'm very excited This is the book here in my hands It is the first book that I've written It's called Cult Status Great How to Build a Business People Adore And the whole point of this book is that there's this whole new generation of entrepreneurs coming through. Most Mm. of them being millennials and Gen Z. um, And they're building these new types of businesses. um, And most of these businesses are very different from businesses that their parents and grandparents had. Uh, Most of them have really strong communities at the core of them. Mm. Um, So I started noticing this in my business and personal life and just over the past couple of years. um, And realized that not much had been written about this new generation. Yeah, So I... Wrote a book, you did, yeah. Now before we
0: uncover the conversation, and this could go anywhere because it's a our bonus episodes are they're not really the same structure as our Tuesday shows, so we've got a little bit more latitude. So if you are a business owner, absolutely, you're going to get a lot out of this. I know I have in the the parts that I've read of the book. If you're an aspiring business owner, and a lot of you who are listening have said that you're keen to start a business one day, so this is going to give you the foundations you need. So, if you've got a business, you might have to change a few things. If you're going to start a business, you can look at the foundations. But if you're like, well, I work for a non-for-profit or I work, work for a corp, I love what I do, I don't care about starting my own business, I want you to have a listen to this interview and just reflect on your workplace and then maybe at team meetings, can you start to influence your world? Mm. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, that,
1: that, that's a really fair statement. So I, I I wrote it for just to get people a bit inspired at the moment. Number one, the the world outside this studio is, is a bit crazy right now. And I'm a business optimist and believe that there's all these amazing tools that business can use. And most people a lot of people kind of think about one day I'd like to do this, one day I'd like to start a business. But some people also just really enjoy working, really Mm. enjoy working for someone, um, the security that comes with that. And I wrote the book so that even if you um, do have a job and you maybe don't think you want to start your own business, there's still something in here because you might be able to find something in there that you can go and talk to your boss about or a way that you can change your workplace.
0: Mm. Yeah. So I I basically think, well – Categorically, the book has seven steps to creating a business with cult status. So think of your favorite cult... (laughs) <laughs> Do you have a favorite
1: cult? I don't have a favorite cult. <laughs> good. Yeah, I've tried to separate a bit the negative parts of a cult yeah, with the right. the good parts of having a business with cult status. Yeah, absolutely. And my my def- quick definition of a business with cult status is one that has a really strong community at the core of it. Yeah, and when you've got a strong community, I look at the M three community and what you've built. That's mm. a business that has cult status because you've got this community there who then start doing some of the heavy lifting and they start promoting it to their friends and they talk about it. Well, the weird thing is there's so many people in the community that are more qualified than me. So, I'm just like, (laughs) hey, I'm just,
0: you know, I'm just trying to lead this bad boy. Like, so many times it's like people have written into me and said, hey, Glenn, what do you think about this? I'm like, I've got no idea on freaking taxation, leaving the US, coming to Australia. Put it up in the Facebook group. There'll be some guru in there who'll yeah. be able to point you in the right direction. Yeah, totally. And so then,
1: I, I've moved to a facilitator almost. And that's so that's one of the one of the things we talk about in the book. And I know we'll get to the seven yeah. steps in a bit, but one of them is this concept of leading from the middle. Yeah. So the idea of you're not at the front saying I'm the leader. I know what's going on. You're saying to people, this is the direction we're going to head in, but everyone else start walking. And yeah. let's kind of go there together because you've, there are people in your community that are better than you. Sorry, Glenn.
0: I know. <laughs> and, and well, even, in every community. Like
1: the other day, I put a podcast up and it was my own bloody
0: fault because I said to Nate, I'm like, quick, turn the camera on. I need to do an M3X episode, like an Express one. I did it. I probably prepped five minutes, <laughs> got some basic tax crap wrong and got called out <laughs> for it. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I rushed that. I'm a joke. So, we deleted the episode. Yeah, so. wow. So, but isn't
1: that good? You've you've built a community totally. that can call you out on it and has doesn't feel bad about it, and then you as a as a, a leader of the community, yeah. you're like awesome, great. If, if I was wrong, I was wrong. Absolutely, and
0: I, and I think the the thing with community, you know, yes, in the Facebook group, I will delete stuff if it's um, discrimination and any of that stuff. But the minute you start silencing things where they calling out the dictator, that's an issue. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> totally. And like, there's there's something exciting and Mm. scary about building a community around you or your business um the exciting part is that it can be bigger than you and it is yeah and the scary part is that you no longer have full control no and they'll turn on you (laughs) (laughs) so uh
0: and the weird thing is like sometimes when we first started every week i used to do a post like when we were really small like Welcome to the Facebook group, These New Members. And it was like a post like And you tag them in. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was like sixty people and it just got too much. But I used to say, Welcome to the cult. <laughs> like grab a seat, strap in. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> drinks to the left. So I'm gonna read these seven steps and I might just get a, a brief overview comment from mm-hmm, you on mm-hmm. each one. So number one, think impact first to find a clear, honest
1: purpose before you start. So
0: just talk to us about
1: Yeah. Impact. So the the the, the- This one was really interesting. So, for the book, I have went and spoke to dozens of people all around the world. I went to Silicon Valley. I went to phone calls to London and Pakistan and down to Melbourne and all over the place. I would live in Palo Alto any day of the week. It's a pretty amazing place, the energy over there.
0: The the excitement in the air.
1: Yeah. that's a lot of bullshit as well. Oh, love it. (laughs) (laughs) So, I spoke to all these different entrepreneurs and, and looking at my journey as well of kind of starting Junkie and building up into a business where we've got 70-ish full-time staff now. And the most interesting thing is that almost all the people I spoke to, the way they thought about business was instead of thinking, I want to start a million dollar business. I want to earn X hundred thousand dollars. I want to kind of do anything kind of this high lofty thing. Instead, the very first thing they did was said, this is the impact I want the business to have. So it's about how you can think about Do you want to help people in some way? Do you want to change some industry? Do you want to just do something a little bit different? And so thinking what what that impact is first before you think of anything else.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, it's important to note. It's like a lot of people I'm in, um, and it's cute and also sometimes embarrassing and it shouldn't be embarrassing because it is more cute and innocent. I'm in a big podcast group in the States and a lot of people will write and you see it every couple of months and people write hey, guys, I want to start a podcast. Like, what topic should I choose? (laughs) Totally. And it's like, I love that they are keen, but it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you passionate about?
1: Yeah. What do you want to change? Totally. Like, And and so kind of think of what is an area where you can have an impact Mm. as opposed to thinking of that end goal of, I'm sure the next question would be, I want a podcast. What topic should I choose? Because I've heard the podcast can make lots of money.
0: Yes. And if you're wanting to do it for the money... Anything, it's there's no longevity in it, and you won't get any money.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, like I'm, I'm also a realist that money yeah. is really important, and and totally.
0: I always tell my community, it's like we will have advertisers and show partners from time to time because we've got to pay bills, and I also don't work for free, <laughs> and I don't expect
1: anyone else to. Mm, yeah, So, so it's, it's that dance. Yeah, and it's a dance between um a lot of the the people that I spoke to for this book, the dance between profit and purpose, mm. and that is kind of balancing the two of them. There's times when profit is really important. There's mm. times when knowing what your purpose as a business and a person is and you need to kind of dance between the two of those.
0: Yeah. And I think for, I guess, the M3 community listening now, this all started because when I was a financial advisor, I'm no longer a financial advisor, I would people would be coming in for financial advice. And it started with, well you actually don't need formal financial advice. You need to learn how to just control your spending and have some structures in place. Mm. So then I developed a spreadsheet that I'd work clients through. And then my friends and family and, you know, everyone would say, oh, Glenn, we need help with our money. And then I would basically sit down with them and do the budget spreadsheet and I'll do seminars in the community. And it was the same thing every time. Mm. And then it turned into an online course. And then I'm like, this just needs to be said, like I need to scale this up because whether you're a best friend of mine, just watch my online course mm-hmm. <laughs> because I don't want to repeat myself because I'm lazy Totally, and it will benefit you. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is the M3 community, it started out of a natural progression. It wasn't like I'm going to start a podcast, I'm going to start this Yeah. and I'll manufacture something because
1: when the going gets tough, you'll stop because there's no underlying passion. Totally, yeah. And I think that's where the, the most interesting communities and businesses are built. They kind of they build slowly over time, and where you might end up a few years later is quite different from where you, you probably couldn't have predicted where you were from a few years before that. Totally. You said point two, question everything. This is an interesting one, mm. and I'm questioning this. <laughs> so the second step on building a business with cult status is question all the small things. And what this is about is when you think you've got a new project or a new idea or something that you're excited about, sometimes can be overwhelming because there's all these like big things that you're trying to think about. But one of the easiest ways of actually approaching something like that is to break it down into there's just a series of maybe a hundred small decisions you need to make. And there's a new generation of businesses, businesses coming through now who are asking the questions because they're curious about why things have always been done that way. So there's lots of different businesses I speak about in, in the book. Um, one of those is Allbirds Shoes. Um, do you know Allbirds? Allbirds. No, I was thinking birds of prey, but they went under. They did go under. They're in the book yeah. <laughs> as well. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say that'd be
0: a very good case study. Yeah,
1: that yeah. no, they are. They are because yep. um, we need to talk about failures as much yeah. as to talk about successes. Yeah. Um, so Allbirds is this amazing company started by a New Zealand guy um, called Tim Brown, who was the vice captain of the New Zealand soccer team, and he moved to Silicon Valley and met a guy over there called Joey Zwillinger. and the two of them started this this um, shoe company. And they questioned everything mm. with the company. So they decided why are the soles of shoes normally made from a petroleum-based product called – these are not all birds, yeah. so just normal shoes. But why are the soles of shoes made from a petroleum-based product that's pretty shit for the environment? Yeah. Why can't it be made from something else? So they developed a new type of technology made from sugar cane. They yeah. then said, okay, this, the top of the shoe, why don't we use New Zealand merino wool? to create shoes. so And then they started looking through the whole supply chain and just questioning questioning everything. Why is so much water used here? Mm. Um, and it was big questions like that, as in, you know, that you need technology to do, and small questions, like when they built their very first store in um, San Francisco, they were like, well, when you try on your shoes, why shouldn't the chair slightly lean forward, allowing you to try the shoes on it easier? Or when you ask for a pair of shoes in a shoe shop, Someone normally goes out the back into the, you know, the, the stock room. Why is the design of the wall not beautiful boxes? So, when you say, I want a size seven, yeah, they, they say, say, oh, here, it's just here. Yeah. So, just all of these things they questioned along the way. Yeah,
0: that's interesting. Because I know the whole thing with the M3 community in terms of, you know, the paid staff is everyone's got latitude, which is, you know... No, this is like you said at the start. It's like, we're going in this direction. Let's all head there. Mm. Like when they started editing, I'm sure there was crap that I would do in terms of workflow. He's like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and yeah, sure. I'm probably like, oh, just because that's the, you know, you can't lead by example because you cap out at <laughs> what you know. But yeah. like, it was just like, no, he found a more efficient way to do it. Yeah. So and- whether it's custom customer facing crap or back-end processes, always, always question.
1: Totally. Mm. And just comes from a, a curiosity. Yes. So, why do we do it like that? Yes. Just because everyone else is doing it like that, why can't we s- think a, of a different way of doing it? And that's one of the steps that I think is relevant to someone who works in a company as well as someone who wants to start a business.
0: I'm about to butcher this analogy, but there was a book that I've read and before we started this podcast, I was trying to tell Tim something because, you know, how you read something, you just remember this principle and you, you know it, but you can't <laughs> you repeat it. You turn it into your own analogy yeah, the time so, you remember it. There was this analogy where it's like in the US Army or something like that, when before they shoot the cannon or bazooka, you got to wait five seconds, guys. <laughs> and everyone's like, "Why? why are we waiting five seconds? And it's like... Oh, no, because back in 19-dickety-two, we had to move the horses away so they didn't get scared. <laughs> so it's like, why we've, you've just got to be like, are we doing this? Because that's the way it's always
1: been done. Yeah. And things change. So, yeah. And we're living in a world now where traditional barriers to starting things are falling down. So good. Entire yeah. industries are changing. So it's the people that are asking those questions mm. are the ones that are finding some success. Love that. Number three, refine your superpower. mm yeah, so this is this is this one is relevant to anyone, whether you want to start a business or you are just a human. So, a superpower is something that you are slightly better than other people at. Yes, um, it might be something that you um, have refined over mm. years. It might be something that your friends tell you you're good at, and you haven't quite realised.
0: I'm going to. Um, I saw it, and it was I think about middle of the book. Yeah, there it was. There was a quote that you put in there by Greta Thunberg.
1: Mm. It's at the very start. At the very the, start, is section. It? Got it here. Oh, pa- do page, you want to read it? Yeah, page 100. And this is, everyone listening, this
0: is an example
1: of the audiobook that's also coming out. It is, <laughs> yes, and available on Audible and wherever you get audio- audiobooks from today. Um, so, this is uh, Greta Thunberg, I think. is Thunberg, uh, Thunberg. Th- yeah. yeah. Um, Greta Thunberg, the climate activist who um, started all the school strikes for climate. Um, and she said, I have Asperger's, and that means I'm sometimes a bit different from the norm. And given the right circumstances, being different is a superpower.
0: Yeah, and I like that. And I immediately thought I personally could not get on stage to the UN and tell all these world leaders they're dickheads, mm. loosely paraphrasing Greta. <laughs> but her, I guess, superpower was the fact that she has Asperger's, and she's doubling down on that. Yeah, Ish, a- and I guess. It, or she's not. Shine away from it yeah
1: she's not it's, trying to go oh i'll only do this but she's like oh it's who i am yeah it's, it's part of who she is yes. um she can't change it and she's kind of leaning into what that superpower mm. is yeah um so it might be something that you're born with yes. it might be something that you develop over time it might be something that's happened to you you know an experience mm. uh, for me my superpower I actually, in the book, I kind of talk a bit around how I kind of figured it out. Mm. Um, So it's easy to say in retrospect, it's not one of those things you wake up and go, oh, that's my superpower. It's one of those things. And there's some exercises in the book of trying to help people figure out what their superpower is. Mm. Um, For me, my whole career has been, once I look back at it now, um, has been starting communities, whether they be in events or online communities, and then fueling them with stories. So, that's kind of my superpower and Mm. it's taken me a long time to figure that out. I'm actually going to, over the weekend, look at and
0: try and refine my own Mm.
1: superpower. I I was thinking about what yours was on the way here. Yeah.
0: And I don't know if I... I know I'm a starter. I'll start stuff and I'll go at it. Um, Yeah. I I need to honestly refine it myself. Yeah. Just so it's front of mind. And maybe it is, I will double down on something and... Not play to my weakness, but double down on my strengths, go at it if I've got a gut feeling mm. and then I uh, will work it out later yep. and I'll bring in a team to help execute that. If, once you know what it is, yeah. it's amazing how powerful but, that can but be. But I think you're right. It's, it's not like, you know, use your superpower.
1: It's like, no, just actually
0: become aware of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then refine it. And mm. I think one of your superpowers, and you can have more than one superpower. Mm. It's, it's There's not just, you know, like a dashing looks and an amazing
0: <laughs> podcast voice.
1: <laughs> no, I, I think one of your superpowers and, mm. and it is that you are extremely curious. So mm. when you get someone on, you really care yeah, about what scratch they and, yeah. um, And then you can take something that is complicated and help explain it to people. Mm. And that, is, that is a real skill. Not many, not everyone can do that.
0: Yeah, it's funny you say that because I've been, I wanted to kind of get back into like the, almost the CVP of the podcast, you know, what are we about? Mm. And I think it's back to when I had my financial planning business, um, my branding guy, Jason I Hey, Jason, if you still listen. <laughs> hey, Jason. <laughs> hey, Jason. Haven't met you, but sure, you're cool. He's all right. He's a good guy. <laughs> nah, love him. So, Jason, my branding expert, when we did my financial planning business, it was around, we make the complex simple.
1: Mm. There you go. So it's interesting. That's a, that's really, yeah, and no, I, I, I didn't know that, that at you all. Said that, yeah. And that's just something I picked up. And from he extracted that you. from me with the branding work that we did. Yeah. The yeah. most interesting thing and, and part of, I'd really tried to make this book practical. Mm. Uh, like there's enough theory out there. And yeah. what I wanted to do, there's 14 like really practical exercises. Yes. And some of those exercises are, Ask yourself these questions yeah. to figure out what your superpower is. Yes. And some of them are what are things that your friends say about you or someone's told you at to a work review that mm. you've done because it's, sometimes it's hard to see your superpower yourself. Yeah. So the fact that he has said that and I have said that. And we have never met each other. Yeah. And it's been however many years ago that you did that. Yeah. There is definitely something in that. So, for those out there,
0: you know, have a, I want you to just press pause. I'm going to, we're going to not talk for like 30 (laughs) seconds, going to look at the clock and we're just going to, because what my kind of thing in the background, and I've told the team, maybe not so much Nathan, but I will because, but the, you know, the Jess producer and the designer, all the front end staff, Mm. and that's a, that's not a power of mine, you know, running an internal team. I suck at that. So, Nathan, you're hearing this first. We always have to do things through the three lenses. Mm -hmm. One, are you adding value? Two, is it helpful? And three, is it practical? Mm. So, that's kind of the lens that... Because I want to give people practical takeaways Mm. because that's what actually matters. Totally. So, we're going to just stop for 30 seconds. We'll leave the mics open. And I just want everyone to think what their superpower could be or what they think their friends would say about them. So we'll go now.
1: And back into your body. <laughs> I was half expecting... You know on radio when they have dead air, yeah, yeah. there is a song that comes on, <clears> like an yeah. automatic song that comes on. Yeah. I was half to, waiting for the song to come on. Yeah,
0: and I was just thinking, we could have done that in post, but wouldn't have been the same. No, I had something quite nice about doing yeah. it in person.
1: And it wasn't exactly
0: 30 seconds, but who cares? <laughs> Probably felt like 30 seconds did, of someone listening. like an eternity <laughs> dead air. So there you go, everyone. Refine your superpower. The next one, which... I love this because it's just so curious. Mm. Defining your altar. Mm. So, are you about to wheel in a a lamb and slaughter (laughs) it on
1: my nice rug here. Like what? Yeah, this is probably one of the only actual cult references (laughs) in in the the entire book. Oh, he's going there. Yeah, Yeah. and I I actually had a lot of fun thinking around the kind of cult businesses and this was the chapter where I was able to use all those cult references. But the more I looked and thought and discussed and researched and interviewed these businesses that have cult status, the more I realised that almost all of them, without exception, had an altar. Mm. And so what I mean by an altar is they had somewhere either physical or digital or online where all of their community could come together and without getting too spiritual about it, it was somewhere where energy could be focused. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you were someone who came into that community, you might meet other people through that. You might discover that you feel like you belong through that. And that had this ability to really make those businesses become sticky. So, people just kept on coming back to them over and over again. Mm. I And I know I did give you a brief overview of what we're going to
0: talk about now, but just to respect everyone's time, so we're not here for an hour and a half, if we can just pivot live and probably, can you give us two examples of maybe brands in the book that mm. you've talked about where what they've used as their altar and i want everyone to think about and it's really weird that i've i've just turned this into a bit of a um i wanted to throw this back on everyone to give them the chance to actually think about their workplace mm. or their vision for their business or their current business you know what's a couple of examples in the book cuz i also want to leave people hungry
1: yeah oh, there's 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 dozens of examples in the mm. book so I couldn't, I'd I'd take two hours, I think, to run through some of those examples. Um, I'm going to use one really close to home, which is is you and the M3 community, because that's something that everyone who's listening to this will really understand. Right. Um, And so go back. Am I in the revised version? (laughs) (laughs) If we sell enough copies, I do a second edition. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And Glenn, you will be in there. Um, But if you go back 10, 15 years ago, If you had a business like you do now, if you kind of had a a, a podcast or it probably would have been a radio show back then, that would have been the end of it. So Mm. people, you would have come on and people would have listened at every week and they would have got this information and then Mm. they would have gone back to their daily lives. What technology has allowed now is that that community has a place to go to. So in the M3 community, I think it's the Facebook group, Mm. is the altar, um, which is where new members come in, it's where people feel supported. They can ask a question. It's where you don't have to do all the work because, as you said, the audience is, is super smart and connected and they kind of answer. Their, ask their own questions and answer them. Um, and an altar is somewhere where there should be the, the, your own language and rituals that are unique to that community. Mm. Um, and we were having a quick chat before this around if there's anything in the M3 community that is unique to it. And the idea of if you want to create more of a, of a cult status with your company, leaning into that mm. and really dialing up some of those rituals and some of that language. Yeah. There
0: was one ritual that I've stopped doing because it,
1: it could have been
0: seen. And, and again, like with optics is, is everything, okay? And this could have been seen as a bad thing. I can guarantee 90% of people loved it, but I just had to be careful. We actually, our Facebook group used to have an altar and that was if people got in there because I can't and the team can't govern a group that's that big and it's growing and it's mm. not the biggest one out there. It's not the smallest. So we have to kind of self-regulate mm. and self-moderate. And then basically what I used to say and I still do if I talk about it, it's like we don't put up with anyone coming in here selling snake oil mm. or Bitcoin <laughs> scams or anything like that. And people that used to slip in, and I think some of them were fake profiles anyway, and that's kind of why I half did it because Mm. I knew it was... The whole intent was to just suck people in. I used to name and shame or take a screenshot. It's like... Or I used to tag them actually. It's like, hey, at whatever, just giving you the chance now to leave the group before you booted. I want everyone to see that you were you know, sliding to people's DMs and stuff like that. And that was kind of the altar as this sacrificial lamb. It's like... You've come in here, you've got through the gate, you know, because can't vet everyone. Uh, you've DM'd people, you've put links on posts. Everyone in the community needs to see that if you are like that, piss off now yeah, because you will get the bad attention. Yeah, totally. It's it, you, By defining what you're not, Yes, you are defining what you are. And it was kind of, it was half, I found it comical. That was half of it. And <laughs> the other half was almost like, let everyone know We're not about this here mm. So if you see stuff like this You need to report it So we can get rid of them Totally And then that sends, sets a trend And it's a culture So yeah. I kind of like The analogy of culture Like um, You know This top of the bench here Hello if you're watching on YouTube You can see our delicious IKEA bench here Which I need to upgrade Because it's so token But whatever <laughs> um, If that was full of crap Right And then someone put I don't know A bit of rat sack Or something poisonous there It'd kind of blend in But But the culture I want to set in the group that this whole bench was clear. So then if there was the snake oil or the rat sack, everyone can
1: see what it is. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And and I think even just by by you doing that every time someone does that, that's a ritual. By you using language like snake oil, that's a language. Yeah. Um, and that then becomes self-fulfilling because if you do it a couple of times and you're not there and yes. someone sees someone else doing that. Either they'll tell you or they'll do it themselves. Yeah.
0: And somebody messaged me the other day and said, oh, this person's messaging me. Because I think people get in, it's their target market and they want to just peel off. It's like peeling off the sheep from the packs. Yeah, yeah. And they'll send them a message. Hey, have you thought about investing? Oh, yeah, I have. So, but then I'll just go in and just remove the person. I don't make a song and dance of it anymore. Because a few people said, oh, don't worry about this. But yeah, again, my heart was half of it. I think it's just hilarious to name and shame because it's comical and everyone, or most people liked it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other half was like just a warning everyone, we're not about this. Yeah. It's just. Um... Yeah, setting the tone. So, what is your altar? Like the business that you currently work at and there might not be an altar it could, because there's there, there might not be a clear culture from the top. Mm. It might be just
1: shambles. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's important for, and, and I really think every business can find one. So if mm. you are a, if you're a store selling candles, mm. when someone comes into your store or they're coming into your altar, mm. so well, how are you welcoming them? What's the language that you use? Is there a ritual that you do? And in the book, and this is why
0: I love this book, and it's take this as an absolute compliment. It's not I'm not selling another book. There was a book called Tribes by Seth Godin Mm -hmm. okay and I've got books that I've got that I give away to people right and I used to when I talk to people um, about building a business I used to give them a copy of that book and in the front I used to write hey whatever don't build a business build a tribe Mm. now the compliment is I'm now going to buy this book and have copies here in the studio. So whenever I'm interviewing young people and people of all walks of life, whatever, it's this is the book and the gift that I'm going to give them.
1: Oh, that's amazing.
0: Because it's it's fresher. I think it's more practical than tribes, just mm. from my point of view. Um, and all that to say, there's a section in this book where you, again, that practicals, you give the example, even if you own a cafe and you go through all the touch points mm. of like, so a person walks in, then they look at the menu. Then they this. So how can you refine mm. the altar along the way? Yeah. I oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. So again, we're not trying to sell other books, whatever, but I just wanted to use that as an example that I am currently going to use
1: this book for my gift to people. Yeah. Oh, that that's amazing. And that's 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 you've understood exactly why I've written this book. Yes. And it's it's for Anyone, as I said, anyone who's just thinking about an idea, got something in the back of their head, one day might want to, um, or just wants to make their workplace or or culture a little bit better. Yeah. So like I've got
0: a half written book and again, writing is not my strength. I hate it. I've had a half written book for over a year. Mm. I've met someone at the start of the year to help me refine the structure and COVID happened and I got lazy and all that. So, but I use the example with your business, if, you could be the best baker in the world working but then if you want to go and start a bakery you could be crap at running a business mm. so as soon as you're self-employed as soon as you're running a business you're a business owner you're not a baker so mm. first and foremost you're a business owner oh by the way you bake so i guess all that to say the reason i like this book and again i've got i'll show you a book after you leave that cuz a lot of people reach out to me that want to come on and talk about their book mm. maybe 10% get on because, you know, it's gotta match my vibe and the community. Mm. I'll show you a book before you leave and I'll tell you why they're not seeing light of day on this podcast. But in this book, the reason why I think it's important is it will give you the tools to help you on that other stuff. Because when you do start your thing, trust me, the baking has to take care of itself. You're not you're not going, all right, so how am I gonna bake today? Am I adding two cups of flour? One cup of sugar, if you're making white bread. Um, Totally. (laughs) old jokes. Um, (laughs) So, the craft and the trade has to take care of itself. You can't focus on that anymore. Mm. You've got to focus on the business. And this book will be the practical tips to actually give you the framework to kill it. Yeah. That's the whole point of the book. Mm. I'm getting worked up
1: here. I like it. Number five, drop the BS. Yeah. There is so much noise, so much bullshit, mm. especially with social media, with influencers, where everyone's trying to sell you something. Mm. The people that are connecting are the people that are dropping the bullshit. Yeah. People that are telling it like it is. And social media, the way of thinking about social media is that everyone really is their own media channel. Mm. Um, and I come from a media background where I've built lots of different media businesses mm. and Everyone, no matter if you have ten followers on Instagram or ten thousand followers, you are a media channel, yeah. and you need to think like that if you want to use it for your business. Yeah, and so part of that is how are you going to kind of cut through all the noise, cut through all the bullshit, and deliver content or kind of talk to people as though you're on the same level as them.
0: Mm, yeah, that's cool. Number six: lead from the middle. Uh, and again, in light of me flipping the structure of this interview <laughs> on the fly. I want to talk about Zoe Foster-Blake because you've interviewed her mm. for the book and she can't do anything wrong. So, talk to us about
1: how you're seeing her kind of leading from the middle in her community. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll quickly give an overview of what the chapter's about and yes. then I'll talk about Zoe. Perfect. Um, so, lead from the middle. The concept behind that is that when you start a business, you kind of become a leader without you even wanting to be. Um, if you sell something or if you start a bakery, you're leading then your staff, you're leading the little community around you, and you've got a choice. And the choice is that you can lead from the front, which is almost like a militaristic, antiquated way of thinking about it. Um, some people say you can lead from behind. I think Nelson Mandela used to give an analogy about being like a flock of sheep and like the shepherd behind. Um, but the most interesting um, way that I'm seeing these businesses with cult status um, leading is leading from the middle. And so what that means is that you set the direction where you want to go and you build a community around you, and then the community starts telling you what it wants and you have to listen to it. And one of the people who I think is doing that in a really fascinating way is Zoe Foster-Blake. Most people might know Zoe Foster-Blake. She's an author. She's written a gazillion books. Um, She was a former beauty director at women's magazines. She's married to Hamish Blake, the comedian. And she started a business five years ago called GoTo. And GoTo was a skincare business. um, And it kind of comes from the idea of people used to often ask her, like, what's your go-to lipstick? What's your go-to moisturizer? So she started GoTo and she has built this. She's been able to take her own personality, which is no bullshit, which is very fun and friendly and put that into this brand. She's now got 40-something staff. She's stocked at Sephora all throughout the US. Um, During COVID, sales went up because people were kind of wanting to pamper themselves. Mm. And she's just this amazing example of someone who has been able to build – I think Zoe would have done it without thinking. And Mm. so that's why when I look at her, I've tried to, like, analyse how did you do that, where she's just naturally no bullshit. She naturally leads from the middle – um, she naturally has kind of questioned why should makeup be super expensive or why should it use products that, you know, test on animals. So she's just been this kind of cult hero who's built now this cult status brand. Yeah, and I think there's
0: so many of our listeners who, you know, love what she's about and I've got her management's details from Tim, everyone. And I'm going to ask if we can interview
1: her you should if you can, if you can get her on the on the pod yeah um she's just a very down to earth inspirational amazing australian success story that we should be celebrating totally and that's the problem like i
0: personally you know i've spent a lot of time in the states going to conferences over there and i've spent time in the valley like you have just to get inspired and encouraged because i find sometimes you have to get off the island mm. because we don't
1: champion success as much here as say the American culture. We don't. Yeah, And I'm thinking, why not? I think also that it gets to a certain level and tall poppy syndrome kicks in yeah. in Australia, which is you're successful. You've made money. Mm. Now I need to tear you down mm. because i am got insecurities myself.
0: And like, cause I, I just figure there's enough kind of quote unquote work for everyone. Mm. Like w- when I had my business, I didn't, It was like, oh, do a SWOT analysis. Like, who you? I don't have a competition. I'm doing my thing. You know, if you vibe it, you vibe it. If you don't, whatever, (laughs) it's all good. Like, I was friends with all the local financial advisors. I'd send clients to them. I'm like,
1: yeah, it's all good. We're doing our thing. But that pays off in the long term.
0: Yeah, and even like with the podcast, like there's other money podcasts. There's no competition. Mm. I don't think there is. We're just all doing our thing. Yeah. A lot of people listen to all of them anyway. Yeah, Let's just all get on
1: the same page and help yeah. in our own flavour. It's really interesting. In the book, one of the things I talk about is knowing who your enemy is. Mm. And that's not... It could be competition, yes, but the enemy could be a concept. It could be yeah. like the antiquated way that things have been done, or it could be the way that... Or easy credit. Hello, everyone <laughs> at Afterpay. <laughs> there's your there's your enemy. You know who they are, and you, you, you can define yourself... Off them. I, I actually reached out to Nick Moller to come on the podcast
0: mm. because as as much as I disagree with um easy credit like that, I think I'm more interested in his vision of money for the future, uh, because it's a disruptor. So, it is, and,
1: and they've built something amazing, whether yeah. you agree with it or not. Yeah, exactly. Um and what they have done is kind of no different to what banks and credit cards have done over the years. They're yeah. just repackaging it in a different way. Yeah. So I'm Again, I'm anti the enemy is
0: consumer debt in my world. Mm. And my view and passion and purpose for this podcast is to get people into their early 30s when their habits are formed and all that stuff without consumer debt. Mm. So, yeah, so the enemy isn't, oh, Victoria is. and she's on the money or equity mates. Yeah. Like, they've
1: all, like, I've got the guys coming on the podcast soon. Yeah. And, Everyone's welcome.
0: You know what I mean. Like, oh, I'm also
1: a firm believer in the, what the rising tide raises all boats. Yeah, you kind of you want you want competition. You mm. want people that are doing stuff better than you because that inspires you totally to do better, and then everyone wins. Yeah. The seventh point is strap yourself in, baby. Yes. And you got some cool so- diagrams. There's there's quite a few interesting diagrams in the book. Um, Very interesting. Uh, And I want to hear you read these in your audio book. So just imagine this like (laughs) squiggle and it's like... That's what I had to do when I narrated the audio book. I turned to the audio producer. I'm like, what happens with diagrams? He said, well, you need to describe it. And some of these are quite complicated. So I was saying there's a curve that starts and then goes down and then goes up and then falls again. And then imagine (laughs) another line that does this. The real test is going to be when... Um, people listen to the audiobook. I might try and get people to draw it yeah. for me without looking at what it's meant to be. Yeah. And that's going to be a test. Totally. So
0: strap yourself in. Yeah. So you basically just talk about the ups and downs of
1: life when you go down this road. Yeah. And like, I didn't want to just sugarcoat it mm. and say, isn't this amazing? Everyone just start your own business mm. and just, you know, everything's rosy because it's really freaking hard and I wanted to put stories in there of businesses that had failed, mm. um, and of mental health toll, um, that it takes on people and the stress. And I've got some of my story in there of one of the most stressful times of my business, ironically was just before we sold uh, my company to, um, another company and how stressed I was because I felt like it was all the years of like pent up emotion and everything all just kind of hitting me all at once. Mm. Um, So, strap yourself in is not to deter people, but it's just for you to be aware. If you do go down this path, you want to start a business, freaking amazing, but just be aware it's going to be, it's going to take over your life. Yeah. And I've
0: even shared on numerous occasions, like starting my business in my 20s, I had undiagnosed mental health Mm. and I just thought it was extra tough. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like... I actually jokingly think far out if I was medicated imagine all the money I could have actually
1: made because <laughs> I, I wasn't working at capacity. Yeah. There, there there's something in the book also that talks about you know the serious mental health correlation between people who start a business and have bad mental health. Mm. And experts don't know whether the business causes it or whether people who have those um that type of mental health are attracted to that type of business. Interesting. Mm. But the facts are, and I kind of lay it out in a little kind of somber words in the book, just on the higher levels of everything that entrepreneurs have.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, this episode isn't about mental health, but we'll spend two minutes talking about it as a public health announcement. The way I kind of, someone explained to me once, whether it was a doctor or whatever, usually zeros, rock bottom, tens, euphoria, most people just go about a six or a seven. So, if they have a hard day, we'll drop them down to four or five. Mm. Some, Or if, you know, you have a few freaking lines of Coke, you might be at 11 for it. You know what I mean? Like mm. there's this... But for me personally, my normal vibe with lacking serotonin in my brain was probably at a three. Mm. And then the extra pressure from starting the business, it dropped me. it took me down through the floor. Mm. Where if I was sitting at a seven normally it wouldn't have impacted me as much. So yeah. that's why I think it's so important to, I th- I think like an SSRI or SSNI might just be a bit of a life vest. Yeah. That it helps you keep above the water.
1: Yeah. One of the guys I spoke to for the book was called Michael Fox, who started Shoes of Prey, mm. which is an Australian um, sh- women's shoe company that ended up borrowing about 35 or $40 million. Not borrowing. Uh, they had oh, investors. Raising, yeah. sorry. Yeah. And he said that running the business, the highs were higher, because he came from Google before that. Yeah, The highs were higher than he'd ever experienced and the lows were lower. Yeah. Um, so I think using your wave analogy, Yeah. it just, you need to be prepared. That's why I say strap yourself in because yeah. you might go up to an 11 and you might go down to a minus one Yeah. and you need to figure out what your mechanisms mm. are to help you through that.
0: Yeah. Now, the one thing I did want to actually talk about, there's a thing in there that you, and we'll finish up now to respect everyone's time and your time. You talked about...
1: I'm at my best when. Mm. So talk to us about this part in the book. Yeah. So this is one of the 14 practical exercises in there Mm. because I talk a lot around, as I said, the mental health toll and how to deal with it. And there's a lot of kind of self-care strategies and kind of things you can do. And I just wanted to really simplify it down into kind of four areas. Um, And it's just a little exercise you can do to figure out you're at your best when you are we just pull up which four categories is in the book? Physical, mental, emotional, creative. That's it. Yeah. So physically, mentally, emotionally, and creative. Mm. Um, it was to think about those four areas of your life and try to think about a time when you were at your best in them. So mm. the idea is not to come up with an idealized version and be like, ah, oh, I want to meditate at three a.m. in the morning and then mm. go for a run on the beach and swim you know, with dolphins because <laughs> that's just not going to happen yeah so the idea is to think back in your life and think of okay when did you feel at your best in those four different areas write that down so think of okay for me mentally and um, creatively and emotionally I've got a series of things in in there of kind of when I feel at my best and knowing what they are because there's also times when you do them like you might know that I feel really good if I go to the gym in the mm. morning, you know what it is that what that trigger is and you need to know what it is. And then as you come into a time when you know that might be a bit more turbulent or you've kind of got something coming up, that's going to be really stressful, figuring out what those triggers are and then using them and doing them before it hits mm. rather than after it hits. Mm. Cause if you are thinking about that wave You don't want to wait till you get to a minus one before going, oh, I should meditate. Yeah, You want to go from when you're at a three and go, I should meditate. I should go spend time with my family. I should go to the park with my dog Mm. to try and get you to a four Mm. so that you know if you're going to go down, you Mm. hopefully only go to a one instead of a minus one. Yeah, so good. Now,
0: I've got a bit of a – well, Tim's got a treat. He brought two books that we're going to give away. Now, what I like to do, Tim, when I pick up this microphone – I always like to have in my mind that I'm talking to the one. Mm -hmm. So, that one person. So, if you're listening to this now, there's going to be two people out there. I want you to think of somebody. I'm going to use the first one as an example. You are listening to this podcast. You live in Melbourne and you're commuting or you're on a tram right now. (laughs) If that's you, I want you to send me an Instagram photo or whatever in the message when I try and like elaborate more you sound like a million years old. (laughs) Instagram. So if you're in Melbourne on a tram commuting and you want a copy, um, let me know and I'll send you one of these copies. Yeah, nice. Tim, yeah. What's your magic? The vibe that I'm feeling Mm -hmm. is
1: someone in New South Wales. So I'm gonna keep it broad. Yep. And they are doing household chores right now. So, they might be cleaning, they might be doing something where they just need a bit of a distraction and they're listening to the podcast. So good. So, if you are one of those two people, send your
0: (laughs) photo in or message, go, hey, that's me. It's a bit of an honest system. You could be... You know, at a coal mining Perth right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if, you, if you're doing cleaning, we want a photo of the broom yeah, or something, that yeah, you, an yeah. implement that you are holding. Absolutely. Now, and I just want to add, it's available on Booktopia. It is available everywhere you get books. Yep. So Amazon, Booktopia, Dimmix, Audible, any of the audiobooks, Kindle, um, however you'd like to consume your and books. And I'll put
0: a link in the show notes um, to buy this as well.
1: Yeah, awesome.
0: Through Booktopia.
1: Booktopia. Yeah, Booktopia. It's, it's it's currently sitting at number one in the business and finance books. Wow. It's pretty damn exciting.
0: Full disclosure, it's an affiliate link in Booktopia.
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> there you go, everyone. So, yeah. And then also, it's really important to note that, Tim, uh, this book was printed and bound in Australia.
1: It was. So, that's. It was. I was actually looking at that before when you were talking because that's important yeah my, my publisher called Pantera Press are essentially a social good publisher mm. and so everything they do um, it's printed on recycled paper it's printed at a great place in Melbourne
0: and Pantera if you're interested in helping me finish my book give me a shout out please <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be listening to this and watching
1: oh will they yeah
0: <laughs> I'll give you a copy of the video as well yeah awesome sweet Tim Duggan thanks so much for coming in thank you Glenn I really enjoyed it you're welcome here anytime you've got my
1: email awesome If you're after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. But if you do want a financial advisor or mortgage broker to talk with about your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'll put you in touch with one of our trusted professionals. This
0: podcast supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out A21.org.au for more info. If you want some other giving options or if you are unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au.
1: Thanks to Jess Knaus, producer, Nathan Robertson, editor, and me, Asher. Anyway, make sure you're connected via Instagram and our free Facebook group. We also film most of our content now, so check out My Millennial Money on YouTube.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.